And we know that in all things God works for the good of, of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. So y'all doing all right this morning? Yes. Am I on? I think I'm on. Can y'all hear me? That's a good thing. I'll tell you something. I don't think I've ever had chill bumps like I did when this past Tuesday night, when there was 258 kids here at kids camp, listening to them sing, Lord, I need you. There was absolutely nothing that could describe the feeling of how amazing that that sounded. Y'all sounded awesome. Cool? Awesome. All right, so kids, this morning's going to be a little bit different. All right? So you know that I'm not afraid to call y'all out by name. I've done it before. The difference is now your parents are in here. So you might want to you might want to be good. Because if I call your name, some of your parents will be able to come over here and jerk you out of that seat. And that wouldn't be good for anybody, would it? No. All right. And some of you kids are suing your parents. Stuart boys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Clint, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we've had an awesome week, haven't we, guys? Yeah. It's been a good week. Who have we been talking about this week? Joseph. Joseph that's right. So these guys here, they've not heard about Joseph, have they? So we've got to catch that bump on some Joseph, right? To get to where we're at this morning. Am I right? Yeah? Thank you, Eli. All right. So uh, we're talking about Joseph. Now, Joseph, uh, how many brothers does he have? Eleven. Eleven. He's got eleven brothers. And do his brothers like him? No, they don't like him, do they? Why don't they like him, Ashton? Because he has a colorful coat. Yes. Uh, They don't like him because he's the perfect child, the favorite child. Because he's the perfect favorite child. Some of you feel that way, don't you? Yeah. Y'all heard me talk about my sister this week. She's the favorite, right? No, but yeah, he was. He was the favorite child. Their, their dad, they, uh, they gave him this beautiful, bright, shiny, beautiful coat that he didn't give to anyone else, did he? No, so they were jealous, weren't they? So what they did, because of their jealousy, they, they threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery, and then killed an animal, rubbed animal's blood on his shiny, beautiful, multicolored coat, took it back to their father and said that he was mauled by a ferocious animal. So they lied, didn't they? So now he's in slavery on his way to Egypt, right? So he finally uh, comes to work under a guy named Potiphar. Say Potiphar. 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 So he was eventually put in prison because he was blamed for doing something that he didn't do. So he was put in prison, right? And he met two characters in there. Two, two, two young gentlemen. One was a cupbearer, and the other was a baker. baker. So they both had dreams, didn't they? And what was Joseph's special gift? Jackson. He could interpret their dreams. You're exactly right. So the baker had this dream, and he was like, I need you to tell me what this means. Was it a good dream? No, no the baker's dream was not so good. Joseph told him, he said, this is what your dream means. In three days, you're going to die. Not a good dream, is it? But the cupbearer, did the cupbearer have a good dream? Yeah. yeah, he did have a good dream, didn't he? Joseph told him, he said, what your dream is, in three days, 
you are going to get to go back and work under Pharaoh as, you, as the cupbearer once again. Y'all remember that? So in three days, did both of those dreams come true? Yes, the baker died and the cupbearer was what? He was released. He got to go back and be a cupbearer again, right? But before he left, Joseph said, now, now don't forget me, okay? When you go to Pharaoh, don't forget me. Did he forget him? Yeah, he did. So how many years did Joseph have to spend in prison? Two. Two years Joseph spent in prison in the nasty, dirty, grimy, gross jail. It's bad, isn't it? They forgot him. But Pharaoh, okay? So one day, Pharaoh has started having these dreams. They're really weird dreams, remember? Really weird dreams. The first dream was that there was these seven healthy, fat, beautiful-looking cows standing next to the Nile River. Then all of a sudden, these seven ugly, thin, gross, sick-looking cows jump out of the Nile River, and they eat the seven healthy cows. I couldn't interpret that, could you? That's, that's just weird, right? I told you about my dream, how one day I was, I was standing up here, and I was preaching, and all of a sudden, a dog came and just started biting my leg. Now, what, I don't know what that means, but it can't be good, right? can't be good. So... Uh, so then he had a second dream. Pharaoh had a second dream where there was these seven ears of grain. Do you remember those? They were, they were beautiful, beautiful ears of grain. They were, they were healthy. They were good. Something that you, could, you know you could eat. And then all of a sudden there was these seven sickly, nasty-looking ears of grain. And they just devoured the seven healthy-looking ones. Again, a really weird dream, isn't it? So Pharaoh asked everybody, right? He asked everyone, can anyone please tell me what, this, what these dreams mean? They're so weird. I don't understand them. He asked magicians. He asked all these people. And nobody could tell them. But the cupbearer, he overheard Pharaoh talking about this dream. You remember Pharaoh said, I met this guy in prison who told me that my dream meant that I would eventually be your cupbearer again. And here I am. So I think he can really interpret dreams. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, right? Joseph came up. Pharaoh told him these weird dreams. And Joseph said, this is what they mean. The seven healthy cows mean that there's going to be seven years where there's plenty. Plenty of food, plenty of water. Everything's going to grow. Everything's going to be great. The seven unhealthy, sickly, skinny-looking cows means that after those seven years, there's going to be seven years of what? Famine. Which means nothing's going to grow. The livestock, they're all going to die out. They're not going to have food. It's going to be really hard times, right? So, thank you. So, Joseph said, I I have a plan for this. And this is where we talked about God gave him wisdom, remember? Because Joseph doesn't have any kind of background in this. So he said, this is what you should do. During these seven years of plenty, you should store away food. And store them away and keep them away so that when the seven years of famine come around, you'll have what? Food. Exactly. Pharaoh loved this idea. He's like, you know what? That's, that's, that's amazing. We should definitely do that. You know what? That's so amazing. I'm going to make you second in command over all of what? Egypt. So just like in the blink of an eye, Joseph goes from being a prisoner to being second in command over all of Egypt. Pretty cool deal, isn't it? So... Seven years of plenty come around. Joseph's in second in command over all of Egypt. And then the famine begins. And Joseph's brothers, who he's not seen in many years, they live in the land of Canaan. And this famine is really affecting their crops and their livestock. So they come to Egypt, right? 
And they come and they ask for food. And Joseph sees them. Does Joseph know who they are? Yes. Do they know who Joseph is? No. So Joseph comes up to him, and they're asking for food. He says, I know who you are. You're spies. And they said, no, we're not spies. We promise. We're honest men. Listen, our, our youngest brother, Benjamin, he's at home with our father. And our other brother, Joseph, he's dead. We promise. You can trust us. So Joseph says, well, you're going to have to prove it. So he throws him in prison. How many days did he throw him in prison for? Three. Three days they were in prison. And then, the, and then after those three days, he said, you know what? One of your brothers is going to have to stay here. And his name was Simeon. What was his name? Simeon. Simeon. He said, you're going to have to stay here. The rest of you brothers are going to go back to the land of Canaan where you live. And you're going to bring back your brother Benjamin. And they said, okay. So they go back. They see their father Jacob. And they said, look, we met this guy, second in command over all of Egypt. And he's in trust us. But he said, in order for us to prove that we're honest men, we have to take Benjamin back with us. Now, was Jacob happy with that? No, Jacob wasn't happy with that. Jacob's like, no, you can't. I've already lost one son, Joseph, my favorite. He's gone. You can't take my youngest son. You can't take him. I can't, I can't, I can't stand to lose another son. But they said, trust us. We'll bring him back. So they take Benjamin back to Egypt, and they see Joseph. Joseph prepares this big feast. Now, remember, they're in a famine, Okay. So, like, they've not, they don't have a lot of food. So the fact that he's, he's laid out this huge table of, of all the best meats and cheeses and, and everything, like, they're, they're excited about this big feast, right? It's like going to a huge buffet after you haven't eaten all day. It's amazing. So they eat. Joseph says, I want you to spend the night. So they spend the night. The next morning, Joseph wants to test them once again. Do you remember how he did it? Yes, he put a cup in Benjamin's bag. So he gave him all bags of grain. And he wanted to test them one last time. So he put the cup from his table in Benjamin's bag. And then Joseph ran out all mad. He said, one of you have stolen from me. And I'm going to figure out who it is. So he lines the brothers up, oldest to youngest. And he cuts the bag of the oldest one. All the grain falls out. No cup. And he continues going down the line. Grain is just pouring out until the very last person is who? Benjamin. And he's the youngest, right? It's Joseph. Cuts his back. And what falls out? The cup. So in that moment, the brothers knew that something bad was going to happen to Benjamin, didn't they? So they jumped in between Joseph and Benjamin and said, no, you can't take him. Take any of us. And all, one by one, they're like, no, take me. Like, you can't take our youngest brother. You can't. They had changed, haven't they? They're not the same brothers as they were when they sold Joseph into slavery, are they? No. They're different now. So Joseph sees that they've changed and how much they love their brother. And he turns his head and he cries. So nobody can see him cry. And then he turns back around and says, brothers, it's me. Your long lost brother, Joseph. I'm not dead. Here I am in the flesh. And so they hug him. And, they, and, they, and, and you, you, we talked about this the other night that he forgave them, didn't he? Absolutely forgave them. So he says, you know what? Go back. Go back and get our father. Go back and get your wives. Go back and get your children and your children's children. Pharaoh has given me this land. It's called Goshen. What's it called? 
Goshen, and we're going to grow our family here. We're all going to live here until, until we all die out. For years and years and years, this is where we're going to be. And so they did. They went and got their family, and they came back, and God blessed their family. But this morning, what we're going to talk about, our main idea is that God works things out for good. What does he work? All right, let's just say it together. We've, we've practiced this all week. We got this, right? All right, ready? One, two, three. God works things out for good. Yes, he does, doesn't he? Works things out for good. Now, let me ask you this. Did Joseph go through some tough times? Would you say so? Yeah. Have you all gone through some tough times? Maybe. Adults? Have you all gone through some tough times? All right. I want everyone in the room. We're all going to participate. Okay. So I want everyone to say truth number one. All right. Adults, you're going to have to get it. All right. Like, can you believe these guys? (laughs) Truth number one. All right. Bad things do happen. Let's say it together. Bad things do happen. So if you look at Joseph, Joseph's brothers, they were just mean, right? They were very jealous. So what they did, they threw him in a pit. They threw him in a pit and they sold him into slavery and then lied to their dad about him being dead. That's a bad thing, right? And we talked about this with your brothers and your sisters. I know they've done some bad things to you, but I don't think they've ever sold you into slavery bad. You know what I'm saying? Like this is bad stuff. So then he gets over to Egypt and he works for Potiphar and then he gets blamed for something that he didn't do and then he gets thrown in prison and stays there for two years. Joseph, remember the very first night we talked about how God has a plan for us, a plan for hope to give us a future, right? But Joseph right now doesn't feel like this God's plan is very good, does he? Like it can't be. I'm, st- I'm sitting in this prison. My brothers hate me. My family thinks I'm dead. Uh, you know, I'm in this dirty, nasty prison. Surely, surely this isn't God's good plan for me. But according to the verse that we've talked about, let's read it one last time. Romans eight twenty eight. Let's read it together. And we know... That in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. All right? So, all right, adults, I'm giving you one last chance. Everyone say, truth number two. There we go. Yes. All right. So let's read this together. God works all things for good. Now, Does this say that God works some things out for good? No. Does this say that God works most things out for good? No. What does it say? That God works all things. Church, what does it say? All things. This says that God works all things. So you've probably heard it said before that life is like a box of chocolates, right? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. If any of you have seen Forrest Gump, then yes, you have. Yeah, but I don't say that. I think life is a little bit different. Thankfully, nobody's touched this. I think life is like a cake, all right? Ooh, it got real hungry in this room real fast. Oh, and just to to pique your curiosity, just to make sure you're paying attention, this is lemon cake with cream cheese icing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is my lunch, okay? So... I think life is like cake, all right? Life is like cake. You see, what you see is this beautiful, just creamy, gooey, sweet goodness, this beautiful, just 
artwork. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is good. Some of you are thinking, why don't you put sprinkles on it? And that's a good joke. Um, but, but what you see, you see the end result of this cake, right? What you see is the, is the cream cheese. I, uh, hey. What you see is the cream cheese icing, and you see the beautiful cake, and you're like, oh my gosh, I know that's so delicious. Even if you're not a lemon cake fan, this will blow your mind, all right? So that's what you see. But what you don't see is what goes into making that, okay? So let's talk about some of the ingredients that make this beautiful cake, all right? Flour. I don't know if you've ever tried flour by itself, but it's gross, it's nasty. It gets in your nostrils. It's just bad, okay? Not good. Raise your hand. Any kids tried flour before? Is it good? All right, we're going to pray for some repentance here. All right, so flour is not good, okay? So let's think about something else. Uh, raw eggs. Yeah. See, and this week I was thinking about eating a raw egg for you guys. But I thought it best for everyone involved that I not do that um, because front row would have got it back. Okay, so uh, raw eggs are nasty. But raw eggs, without raw eggs, this doesn't taste as good as it does. Right? Let's think of something else. Uh, Vanilla extract. As good as vanilla smells... It's, yeah, Emma, it's gross. It's nasty. If you ever, like, put some on your finger or in a spoon, you just, I mean, ah, okay? It's gross, right? But listen, when you put all of these ingredients together, when you put them all together, you throw them in a pan, you throw it in the oven, what comes out? This beautiful, luscious, delicious cake, right? And you see, in our life, everyone pay attention, in our life, we're going to face bad times, times that taste bad, times that are bitter and gross and and difficult to handle. But guess what? God works all things out for good. He works. Is it most things? No, it's all things, right? He works all things out for good. You see, this is what he's making. But all we see right now is the raw egg and the flour and the vanilla extract. But that's what God is making. Everyone say, I got it. All right, good deal. So for Joseph, I'm finishing up the book of Genesis, okay? So we're in Genesis chapter 50 in this last part, and I'll close this up. Uh, In Genesis chapter 50, 50, uh, Joseph and his brothers, their father Jacob, he dies. And see, the brothers think, oh, now that Jacob, uh, our father, is dead, Joseph's going to, he's going to seek out revenge on us, isn't he? Oh, man, surely this was all a show that he was just trying to do this in front of our dad so that... Uh, our dad wouldn't be mad at him. And so they come to Joseph and they say, Joseph, please, don't be angry at us. Like, we'll be your servants. Please don't be. But you want to know what Joseph says to him? Because remember, we talked about on Wednesday that Joseph forgave his brothers, right? So this is what he says. If you'll pull up that verse in Genesis 50, verse 20, this is what he says. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Genesis fifty twenty. You see, he says here, you meant evil against me. He's saying this to his brothers, but God meant it for what? He meant it for good. You see, God was working this plan this whole time, 
even though I was in this nasty prison, even though you all lied and you all despised me, he had this great plan for me so that now I get to take care of you. That's love, isn't it? Well, guess what? There was somebody else who had to leave his father and his brothers despised him and they sold him for pieces of silver all because God had this great plan in mind. This man came, he lived among us, he died for us. And the ultimate plan was to forgive all of us of our sins. And what was that man's name, kids? Jesus. Jesus came and died for our sins. See, our sin, that it makes us gross and it makes us nasty. And then uh, Jesus died for us to wash our sins white as snow. All because he loves us. Guys, I said the other night, but I'll say it again. If Jesus didn't want to forgive you, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. That's how much he loves you. And some of you accepted Christ this week, and I'm so excited. That is so amazing. But there might still be some of you in here who have not accepted, and you're asking questions, and you want to know more. And if you do, you can come talk to me. You can come talk to Miss, Miss Betty. We would love to talk to you and be able to share with you more about what Jesus has done for you and how much he really, really loves you. Okay, so I'm going to pray for us as the, as the band uh, comes back up. We're going to sing one more song uh, with the band, okay, guys? And then I have one more thing to do. All right, so I need everyone. Uh, remember, guys, we're praying. We're praying. We're about to talk to the ultimate creator, the one who created this universe, right? So we have to respect him. So let's sit quietly and be still, okay? I'm going to pray in three, two, one. Father, we thank you so much for this uh, day that you've given us, so much for this time of worship that we get to spend uh, just pouring our hearts out to you. God, thank you so much for, for sending your son to die for us on the cross. Father, you are, a, uh, you are undeniable and you are such a good, good father. And God, I ask that as we close up this, uh, this worship service that you'll be with the band, uh, just, just allow them to, to perform ultimately for you and not for themselves, but Lord, to just pour their hearts out for you. Be with us as we sing. Allow us to pour our hearts out. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.